going on, family? TGIF. Happy Friday, and welcome to another edition of the Faction Quick Hit. It's your man, GB Gerard Bonner. Hope you guys are doing well. I got to tell you, it has been an absolutely epic week in the world of pro wrestling. And so I want to say thank you to you guys for sharing it with us and allowing us to share it with you. Shout out to everybody who has joined us on social media, Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at The Faction Show. Big shouts to everyone subscribed to our podcast. If you've not done so, just click that subscribe button. You'll get an automatic notification whenever we drop brand new content in the podcast space. So then, it's time to dig into a lot of wrestling news. We're going to talk, of course, about the continuation of just the momentum that AEW has built from uh, their huge, huge episode this past Wednesday. But first... I want to take time to pay tribute to the late, great Pat Patterson, who passed away this week at age 79. I don't know that most wrestling fans really understand the significance of the loss of Pat Patterson. Depending upon where you jumped on the pro wrestling train will likely express just where you are on the Pat Patterson understanding. So, If you were one who is a recent fan, maybe you just became a fan in the last five to 10 years, you probably haven't seen a lot of Pat Patterson on your television screen. With the exception of maybe Legends House, which was the first series on WWE Network. If you are a fan from the Attitude Era, and that's where you began, you remember him along with Jerry Briscoe as one of the Stooges. And they were doing a lot of work with Vince McMahon. And most don't even realize that a match between... Patterson and Briscoe for the Hardcore Championship was one of the highest rated segment in the history of Monday Night Raw. Seems crazy, right? That like a bra and panties kind of match between these two guys would do that. But that's how crazy the Attitude Era was. For those who may have joined on the train perhaps in the 80s, You may remember Pat Patterson uh, as someone who was nearing the tail end of his wrestling career, but also was one of the commentators along with Vince McMahon in the early days. Well, here's the deal. Pat Patterson, one of the most significant figures in the history of pro wrestling, certainly as a professional wrestler coming out of San Francisco, California, spent a lot of time in the Cow Palace, of course, across all organizations, the NWA. The AWA, WWE. Many know him as the first intercontinental champion. One of his greatest contributions to pro wrestling today is the concept of the Royal Rumble match. He's the one that created that. And so uh, that has been one of the most endearing and enduring matches in the history of pro wrestling. It's been duplicated by many other companies, but he was the first, he was the originator. And he gave us that Royal Rumble special. He gave us the concept. It's become its own pay-per-view. It has a life all its own. And the Royal Rumble is one of the few match concepts that actually has not changed. The only thing that may have changed about the match concept is the amount of time between entrants. It originally was two minutes. It'll vary between two minutes, 90 seconds. Sometimes you'll even see 60 seconds. 
But that was all the brainchild of Pat Patterson. Patterson has been the right-hand man for Vince McMahon really since the start of what we know as WWF, uh, when the expansion happened, WrestleMania, all of those things. Patterson was the right-hand man. He has been so influential in the careers of some of your favorite superstars, be it The Rock or Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Undertaker, etc., 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 Pat Patterson is that guy. And uh, of course, in 2014, he made a very, very brave move uh, to be able to come out of the closet um, really as a wrestler who has been gay his entire life. And you've got to remember, you know, life is different in 2020 than it was 30, 40, 50 years ago. Uh, if you remember, there were uh, gay characters or characters that it was assumed were effeminate or gay, be that the exotic Adrian Street or Adrian Adonis uh, morphing into what we now saw as gold dust. All of those things uh, at that time, it was not favorable for a man to be announced as gay. In fact, they would use terms on television like sissy and punk and things of that nature. And it was insulting if you were considered to be effeminate and a man um, in the pro wrestling industry. Pat Patterson really helped to change that and to make it a, you know, a free space for everybody to be able to live their truth. We don't see, you know, Effie's gay brunch as part of the collective without a Pat Patterson. We don't see, you know, people like uh, we, we don't see androgynous characters without Pat Patterson. We don't see, you know, the Velveteen Dream or Goldust or Sunny Kiss or Ashton Starr or any of these folks without the bravery of Pat Patterson. And so he's a trailblazer on so many levels. Um, and if you really want to see how powerful his coming out moment was, go back and watch Legends House on the WWE Network, one of the most powerful moments in all of television. Um, and so, yeah, Pat Patterson. And, and let me just also say this, being a gay wrestler, you know, he did not build his whole life on that. His active in-ring career, it was not a public issue. It was not something that he led the narrative with. Um, he wanted people to know that I'm a great wrestler. Don't call me a great gay wrestler or a great Italian wrestler or a great Canadian wrestler. I'm a great wrestler. And so it's just, man, a massive Loss, And if you think about the losses that have happened in 2020, there have been some really, really big ones. Um, and then you think about uh, Bob Ryder in TNA or Impact Wrestling, who passed away uh, last week as well. Two very major losses from two big, big companies. Uh, so our thoughts and prayers go out to uh, Pat Patterson's family. Um the friends and loved ones. Certainly, you think about a Vince McMahon and the McMahon family. He was like a family member to them. And so, you know, it really makes you kind of wonder, where does Vince McMahon go from here? Uh, does he continue in the wrestling business? And some would say, you've got to be kidding me. Of course he would. But when your right hand person goes and someone who has been that close to you and that influential on your decision making, it does change some things. 
And so our thoughts and prayers go out to the family of Pat Patterson. And oddly enough, you know, if you've watched AEW Dynamite and NXT this week, there was such a difference in tone in their presentation. Of course, AEW acknowledged the passing of Pat Patterson on the air. But of course, on NXT, they started the show with a powerful tribute to Pat Patterson. And again, it only made sense. He was a big hand in NXT as well. Um, And so, yeah, just amazing, amazing moment in the world of pro wrestling. With that said, uh, the ratings are in for uh, the Wednesday Night War between NXT and AEW. And I don't think anybody's surprised that AEW absolutely made a huge impact this week. They netted 913,000 viewers, which is a significant surge, adding 203,000 viewers from the previous week, as opposed to NXT, who brought in 658,000 viewers, seeing their viewership decrease by 54,000 viewers. Let's just call a spade a spade. There's nothing that NXT or anybody else could do to compare to the arrival of Sting and a big championship title match between Kenny Omega and John Moxley that saw the crowning of only the third ever AEW world champion in Kenny Omega. Nothing NXT could have done to counteract that, though they did put on a solid show. A solid show, their go-home show leading into war games. Again, we get to see Leon Ruff actually get his first pinfall victory uh, in NXT in a tag team match. We also saw a fantastic ladder match between Shotzi Blackheart and Raquel Gonzalez for the advantage in their war games match this Sunday. But let's face it, nothing is going to compare to what AEW Dynamite pulled out this week. Now, here's the real question. Will this particular move translate into momentum in the following weeks? How will they follow this up? I will say this, Impact Wrestling's about to get a huge rub because the average fan who may have been watching uh, certainly AEW is now trying to figure out how do I watch Impact next Tuesday to see the AEW world champion on Impact television. I've been getting messages from people who had not even been into AEW who are like, how do I watch AEW to see Sting? And so for those pundits or even wrestlers that are out there that feel like this was a wasted move to bring Sting into AEW, contraire mon frere, because here's the deal. You utilize these massive talents for reasons like this. And this does not mean that Sting's going to become the world champion. I don't think anybody has the expectation for Sting to be a world champion, but I think there is the expectation for someone with the legendary cachet and status of a Sting to be able to get the kind of send-off that they should. And he never got that send-off in WWE. He had 3 matches in WWE. 3. A legendary career like his or maybe 2. I'm trying to remember exactly Um, something like that, which is crazy. And none of them resulted in wins. And so it now lends itself to ask the question, uh, was Sting right all along? You remember Sting waited until this late part in his career to go to WWE because he felt like he would never be properly utilized in WWE. And when you look at Sting's WWE career, 
you have to say the same thing. Was he properly utilized? Should Sting have lost to Triple H at WrestleMania 31, his only WrestleMania appearance? Should Sting have uh, waited so late to get a title shot? Uh, and then we saw how things ended with that. And why did we never get Sting versus The Undertaker? I think this lays at the hands and the feet of Vince McMahon. And, you know, you have to ask yourself, there are some major marquee matches that Vince had the power to give us and never gave us. He never gave us the Hogan Flair WrestleMania match that we should have had uh, back when it really meant something. Of course, WCW ultimately ended up doing that. Sting and Taker, the other dream match that we've been looking for that we never got. And shout out to my good brother, Courtney Beard, who reminded me of another match that WWE had the power to give us and didn't give us. Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. So we've got three major marquee matches that would have changed the world that WWE did not give us. What will AEW give us? Well, here's the deal. I don't know who I want to see Sting battle in AEW. I can tell you this. The ratings prove that it was a big move. The merchandise has proven that it's a big move as the Sting merchandise proved to be the fastest selling t-shirt in a 24-hour period in the history of pro wrestling tees. So, let's just face it. Why do we make moves like this in AEW? Because there are immediate, tangible results. And that makes all the difference in the world. And I'll tell you this, as much as I love NXT and Raw and SmackDown, there's nothing that any of them are doing that can compare to Sting's return and Kenny Omega winning the world championship and going to take it to Impact Wrestling. That is massive. And the fact that here we are now two days removed from it and the wrestling world's still talking about it. Right. So what's the last thing we talked about like this that uh, has lasted for two days and two days in 2020 is massive. That's almost like three or four weeks in another year. So, yeah, it's a great, great move. Congratulations again to AEW Dynamite. And if you've not watched it, go back and watch it. In my mind, as I watched that episode, it reminded me of iconic episodes. And I know Brandon Clack's going to go crazy about this. But iconic episodes of Raw or Nitro that we would see during the Attitude Era. To me, it was on par with what I believed at that time was one of the single greatest episodes. Uh, episodes of either of these episodic television programs that being the july 6th 1998 episode of nitro the one that was housed in the georgia dome here in atlanta it's our goldberg defeat scott hall to retain the u.s title and then go on to beat hulk hogan uh, and win his first wcw world championship that night was special that show was special and you know we get moments in pro wrestling rarely do we get whole shows that are special but aew figured it out and that is exciting to me so with that said of course there are other things going on mlw continuing uh, the opera cup and that's going very well and i just wonder how will wwe respond to what sting has done and you'll say okay smackdown and raw doesn't need to no 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 because before wwe considered aew competition strictly to nxt 
Now they have to consider it competition to both Raw and SmackDown for a very simple reason. Nobody's talking right now about Roman Reigns and the bloodline. Nobody right now is talking about uh, Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. Nobody's talking about AJ Styles getting a world title shot against Drew McIntyre. That is not the talk of the industry right now. It's Sting. It's AEW. It's Kenny Omega as the world champion. It's Kenny Omega finding his way on impact. It's those things. That's what we're talking about. That's what this podcast is talking about. That's what you as wrestling fans are talking about. So here's my question to you today. What does WWE have to do to combat this? Or is it possible? Is there a legend that they need to go get? Is there a move or a moment that they need to create uh, on WWE television that will cause us to turn our heads and turn the channels and pay attention and talk about what's happening there for a couple of days. Let's know that by way of social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. All right, we're going to get out of here. Hope you guys have an amazing weekend. Stay dialed in. We've got all sorts of great information coming to you by way of our social media channel, which you can find at The Faction Show. Until next time, it's your man GB Gerard Bonner, representing for my good brothers Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. We are The Faction. I need my people. Here we go.